Welcome into 11 Personnel live at SEC Media Days here in the Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. And as always, we're sponsored by our good friends at Monticello Bank, proud presenting sponsors of 11 Personnel. You know, Monticello Bank, they'll go wherever you go. NBCBank.com or the GoNBC mobile app, Monticello Bank, 128 years of service. They're convenient. They're the best of the best. They're also warning you, don't fall for a scam. There's a scam war. We follow Monticello Bank on social media, as everyone should. Scam war. Don't get scammed, all right? It's not Monticello Bank. Check your stuff out. Check Monticello Bank out today. Member FDIC, where people matter. And look at, we are in Nashville, where football matters. And it feels like we're finally, we're finally talking like real football. Yeah, it's the season's here, man. We're, we've gotten word salad. Oh, lots of word salad. Hugh Freeze, I mean, my eyes were closed for almost all of Hugh Freeze. It's, it was remarkable. We've gotten ignored in the media room? Lucky can't catch a freaking break. This guy over here, I don't know what he did. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I don't know what Lucky did. See, he can't even work the real mic. That, they, you finally get a mic and he can't turn it on. But the mic people that uh, are assigned to, like, uh, we're going to point to this part of the media room. They just won't give me a look at time of day. Um, and I get, I get why. I get why. You can't even – you don't know how to hold it. I haven't had the best trips to Nashville recently. I'm not going to lie. Uh, bowl game was not fun. Come down here now and we're getting bad weather. It's storming here. Oh, uh, we, we have a great rooftop to do the show on, but we can't do it in the middle of a freaking thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a nightmare city. But you know what's not a nightmare, though, is we're actually close to a Kroger here convenient we get all our snacks loaded up and we couldn't be here without our friends at Kroger and did you know that Kroger supports your local communities with Kroger community awards three and a half million bucks a quarter all you got to do Kroger your Kroger loyalty card I have the app are you do you use the app to clip coupons I do not but my wife has everything with Kroger. She yeah. does it all. She, okay. So, so she, Team Kroger in the Luckett House. See, make sure that she signed up, too, to get it through your when local we, nonprofit, your, your school. When we were house shopping, we had, I mean, we had to be by Kroger. That was on the top yeah, of the list. Yeah, you can't be far from a Kroger. I'm about two. I have two. Like, I mean, it's right Bed, there and there. Bedrooms, basement, walk-in closet, Kroger. That was the Luckett Housing Checklist. I mean, Kroger was uh, over Brewster's, too. Like that, that, that. Unfortunately, yes. My wife went out on that. <laughs> she vetoed living next door to the Roosters. Which, by the way, we're uh, we're in Nashville. They call it the Music City. It's actually the twelve dollar beer city. Um, yes, Drew Franklin can attest to that. <laughs> we, we we may have. sorry, Abby. <laughs> uh, we we can we can share more of that story uh, when we do a full football podcast tomorrow after Kentucky talks. So we've had two full days. We're halfway home. Tomorrow, Mark Stoops, he's at the podium at 3.30 Eastern time. 4.30 or time zones. It's real tough when I get down here. He's the but last one to go around 3, 3, 3 ET. Yeah, so he'll be the last one up that you'll see in the big main media room on the SEC network. Uh, we'll hear from him earlier on in the day. And before we recap what we're going to – what we've seen through the first two days, talking to seven coaches and hearing from uh, Greg Sankey, what, what are we expecting from Mark Stoops other than a rave review of the Versailles Kroger's new grocery carts? I think we're going to get much of what we've seen from these other coaches. Not much. Yeah. It, like, 
We don't need uh, last year. It was all. Is he going to say anything about Chris Rodriguez? Is he going to say anything about Chris Rodriguez? He did not. Um, this year, there's no quarterback competition. That's nope. usually uh, a hot button issue. There's not even that many position competitions like it. If I'm filling out a two deep, I feel like cornerback is the only spot yep. where I'm like, I really don't know where to go. Here. And you'll get the Liam Cohen questions. You'll get the Devin Leary questions. Mm-hmm. You'll get why did you want to change offensive coordinators third year in a row questions. If you're looking for something that might be spicy, I think eight versus nine. But even then, we almost had – like SEC media days happen in Destin. Right, Essentially right. this year. The usually spring the, meetings. Usually the spring meetings in Destin in May are typically very, very boring. Mm-hmm. It just got flip-flop this year in a lot of ways to me. Usually you see the hot-button issues kind of get – talked out here at SEC Media Days. Well, they were all talked out. And every coach Destin. shares their opinion about where they stand on this or that. Right. And we just haven't really got it. We get it a little bit on nil um, here and there. But, but like, well, Greg Sankey makes the big statement opening day. Basically, like, we got to get NIL regulated. We're going to ask Congress for help. We realize that might not be the best or most efficient way to go about our business. We need states to stop making their own rules and then not enforcing those rules. We need to have SEC established rules. Mm-hmm. But all the coaches outside of that, it's a lot of Eli Drinkowitz, well, I appreciate our, our support. Uh, Kirby Smart, I appreciate Georgia fans and their support of our program so we can go get the best players. NIL is the focal point of recruitments. Right. But they don't really have a lot of opinion. It's just like it is what it is and they're dealing with it, but they – they don't really have a lot – because it's been established to me now. Like, it's just a part of the deal now. Right, right. I think last year was more of – This is new. Let's get some uh, – our, our, our grievances. Let's file them. Right. Um, you know, that was right in the middle of Tennessee, playing the volleyball player, all that money. So, like, there was a lot of – there's a lot more stuff out there. Uh, I think the part that's fascinating to me the most like it is that you had Bryce Young – you had, I mean, you had a ton of talented quarterbacks. You had Will Levis, uh, that discussion last year, a year ago. Now there's this vacuum of who's going to be the next best quarterback, and people, like coaches aren't even really talking about their quarterbacks. Yeah. Kirby Smart doesn't get asked the quarterback question. I, the only really thing I could find that he talked about QB was on the SEC Network when he's talking to Roman Harper, Greg McElroy and whatever else the panel was. And it's really like, well, we're just going to have a competition. No one – like with Georgia, no one even cares, I think, who's going to be at quarterback. They'll be good. It's I, just, I can throw it to Brock Bowers. It's just a simple Dominic line. Love it. Plug yeah. them in, we'll, and they're going to go 11-1, 12-0, and they're mm-hmm. going to be in the playoff, and they're going to be the East champion and in Atlanta playing for an SEC championship game. For Georgia, Nick, a lot of it, it's just one – the complacency was the word of the day, I thought. Yeah. Kirby Smart made sure to throw that out there. He got asked about it multiple times. And then it's dealing with kind of the off the the maybe scandal or scandalous type stuff, the traffic incidents, what's going on with that, why does that keep happening? And then their war war of words with the Atlanta mm-hmm. Journal Constitution right now, the newspaper there that's been investigating a lot of stuff around the Georgia football program and it's really turned up the heat. And now there's questions about whether that journalist has integrity because yeah, yeah. of a history we, with him. And, and so he didn't really get asked about that. Well, he got um, – Pat Forty did ask him about yes. his uh, – the, the racing, right? The racing, right. which Kirby's response was one of the funniest responses I've ever heard, which was, 
Well, there's, there's not. We've always been getting moving violations. Like we, we've been racing cars in Athens, Georgia, for years of <laughs> the Georgia football team. Yeah. It's our favorite pastime. It's like yeah. Kirby. You can't like that. You're what abouting it? You can't what about it? Like you had somebody die because they were racing drunk. Like they. Yeah, I think the situation for him. It's. I think he's told them to stop, and they just haven't stopped. So. How do you hand, like what's how do you handle that and what's the punishment? And, mm-hmm. But he's not going to tell the media no, what the punishment not, is. No, not going to tell the punishment. And there was one where I just wanted to smack him in the face, and I don't say that lightly. But it was the most like, damn it, Kirby, will you just uh, are are you y'all played a lot of tight ends because you had a lot of good ones? Are you going to yes. keep playing tight ends? He's like. We're going to play the best 11 players on the field. If that means seven wide receivers, then we're going to play seven wide receivers. We're going to, like, that's not an answer. Like, you tell us – give us a damn answer. That Now, some of that stuff, I get some coach speakiness, but like – Well, Mike Bobo's going to run a damn ball, Nick. That's what's going to happen. So, they're going to, they're going to run it behind that offensive line. But, yeah, they're just not going – they're not taking the bait on that type of stuff. Uh, it's unfor- frustrating. Unfortunately. Because it's like you're the national champs. We just want to know a little bit more about right. your team. And you know what? You don't play anybody f- for like three weeks. We're going to find out before like, the cat's completely out of the bag anyway. Um, so I, th- that was just some of the more irritating parts. But I do at least appreciate that. I mean, is Kirby Smart the most Georgia football coach ever? I mean, he's just right out of central casting. The okay. accent, the jokes, like – my wife wanted to go to the Amalfi Coast, um, so we went, but we went to a travel baseball tournament in Mississippi instead. You know, like, I mean, it was the most Georgia um, thing ever. And I, I'm curious, uh, our, our friends at On3, uh, our bosses – well, no, Andy Staples is not our boss. Our colleagues, they're, they're, there that's the right word. Uh, Kirby sat down with him for an extensive interview that's going to air tonight on the On3 YouTube channel at 8. Um, you can get their show there as well. We talked to them. It's going to be on the YouTube channel, I believe, tomorrow morning. Got a lot, a lot of videos pumping out here over the next few days. So I'm curious if he uh, opened up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not Kirby style. I get it. It's just, you know, I, I, I like I like the buzz. Like I at least could feel the buzz with Kirby there today. We're going to feel the buzz on Nick Saban Alabama Day tomorrow. We didn't necessarily get as much of that on Monday, and. But we did get hilarious coach speak in the form of Jimbo Fisher just refusing to say that Bobby Petrino is going to call plays. Just some nonsense from Jimbo Fisher. Hey, hey, we're all on the same team here. And Bobby's a great coach. He's a great coach. It's a collaborative effort. But I'm the boss. Well, I'm the boss. We've even heard, like, I thought Hugh Freeze gave it. Yeah, Hugh Freeze gave a kind of a good answer on just that whole situation about how he thought he, that one time he, he felt like he was as good as he got. Yep. As a play caller, as he's become a head coach, he's dec- he's maybe lost his fastball a little bit. Well, he, he said that the other teams have kind of picked up on him, right? Yeah. And then the same picked thing. Picked up on tendencies and all of that. Z- and- Zach Arnett said the same thing because he was defense coordinator calling defense. And when he became head coach, he's like, I don't have the same amount of time that the other team has to uh-huh. game plan, so I need to let somebody else do it. And this. then I thought Eli Drinkowitz gave a really good answer, mm-hmm. kind of explaining it. But basically, it was like, I sucked at my job last year. So I'm going to have somebody else do it, and I'm going to manage this organization. Which And Jimbo is doing the op- – he word salad, won't say it, and just won't admit that Petrino's calling the play. We all know he's calling – just say it. I mean, Bobby ain't going to work for you, Jimbo, if he ain't calling yeah, the and plays. A&M, it was – man, it's int- it just feels interesting for them going into this season with – Bobby Petrino, Jimbo Fisher, all this job pressure. 
They play in the West. They got to go to Miami in week two. And, Nick, I wanted to ask you, who – the SEC's not bringing off 14 of these dudes plus Venables and Sark. Nope. Back to – well, we're going to Dallas next year. We know how this works. They, retention rates are not So, who high. is not here next year? And Jimbo Fisher, I might call him the clubhouse favorite at the moment. Well, here's the thing. He's the clubhouse favorite, but my Texas A&M take is the opposite. Just because as much as I loathe Bobby Petrino as a human being – I still think he can coach some ball. And yeah. that one year, like Bobby Petrino sucks three or four years in, but year one and two, they're a lot of fun if they're coaching your team. I actually think that this this is going to – this will temporarily buy Jimbo some time. They're probably going to go nine and three, ten and two, first or second in the West. Yeah. And the offense is going to be high-flying and fun. It, the person who is probably going to be is Eli Drinkwitz because – uh, and, and here's the thing. Uh, ben Laughlin asked on the chat in the YouTube channel if there's any beef brewing. And we've got lots of beef with Eli Drinkwitz. That dude is a dork. He drives me crazy. Um, he wore the fancy shoes, and I expected him to be a total dork about that. You know how you know he's on the hot seat? Because he went there and talking, didn't want to take any questions, didn't want to go viral. Yeah. At all of these events, every he, year he's He gone. loves it. He, he he eats that stuff up, and he's not doing it this year. Yeah. So he, he, he knows it's it. now. Or, like, you know, like, to me, it felt very much a vibe around him that it's now or never. We got to win ball games this year. If we don't win ball games, I'm going to be out of here. See, and that, and that was the part where – like, I, I at least respect Eli's ability to read the room because some of these coaches go in there and it's like, are you – what world are you Dan in? Dan Mullen. Yeah. You see all that from years from Dan yeah. Mullen. Where it's just so tone deaf, you know, and it's Jeffrey Simmons is going to video beating up a woman and he's like, hey, look at my shoes here. I mean, well, like, even the year after they beat Georgia, the COVID year, came back in 2021, told us Emory Jones was going to be – the next great Florida quarterback, <laughs> and we know how that worked out. Oh, yeah, he's Scott fired. Satterfield's quarterback but now. You felt that coming, though, that season coming for Mullen, which ended up leading to him being fired at SEC Media Days. Yeah. Something was off in that press conference, and you were just like – because he was off – like was trying to fade, how recruiting wasn't important, and yada, right. yada, yada. You could feel it was off. I felt kind of similar to that with Jimbo Fisher. Here this week. See, and my thing with Eli is Eli's was at least pitching. He was saying the right things, particularly, and we're going to get to that uh, the Kentucky and Missouri aspect of this. But when he was asked, like, you guys played Georgia pretty close last year, like that was, I think that gave a lot of people hope for what could be. And he's like, you know, I'm glad we got 18 guys back that were starters. Um, I mean, they lost a big one and love it and some of their defensive guys, but close doesn't count. Yep. And I was just proud of our team for showing some resiliency in losing some close games to be able to battle back. And one of those was the Kentucky game. And like it, college football rules people, they said, all right, the UK, they applied the letter of the law appropriately in this situation. But, like, let's use some common sense here. That was – that wasn't roughing the kicker. The ball, the ball went 40 yards over his head. Like, give me a freaking break here. So they've changed it. The new Kentucky rule is that now if the punter or kicker has been displaced by five yards, they lose their protections as a kicker slash punter. As a protected player. Exactly. The Colin Goodfellow rule. Yeah, we've got a Lim, we had a Lim Bowden rule. When he knocked out the dudes from Virginia Tech, now you got to wear warm-ups with your numbers on it, and you can get flags. Mm-hmm. 
much earlier that before was, pregame. To me, I know everybody act confused about that, but that, it was pretty clear as a rule he's a punter, like he's punting. But there is a common sense sense to this. It's a fumble, essentially. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's a fumble. He picks it up. He's a live football player. Mm-hmm. The fact that he just throws his leg up and can get bailed out should and, not be. Right, and it, and it sealed the game for Kentucky. And I forgot the part, too, like going back and watching not only the replay. Um, actually, there was the Vandy game log. I was like, yeah, but. I mean, they were – Goodfellow was coming in to ice the game. He was trying to flip the field. He was punting yes. from about the 40 He couldn't run out the clock. Yeah, and it was like, all right, let's pin him back and try to hold him for two minutes. And instead, Missouri thought they were going to either get the ball in – they thought they were getting the ball inside the five-yard line. Or at worst, he gets the punt off and they get it at the 30 and only have to go – that, you know, 35 yards to score a game-winning touchdown. Which and, would have been a long drive for that Missouri offense that day. And the funny thing is, like it is – like, I get the rule making sense, but it is somehow in our lifetimes, we saw a lot of bad losses, and you would just feel so snake bit as a Kentucky football fan. That's how Missouri feels yes. playing Kentucky because you have this play, you have Ahmad Wagner's pass interference play. You thought you won the game, instead, Literally you get an untimed down. On zeros. It was on zeros. They lost with the clock on zeros. And then. The year prior to that, it was Josh Allen. I mean, they, they still had some work to do in that one, but Josh Allen swiping the ball out of their hands. They thought they got job there as well. They feel snake bit. The officials are finally in Kentucky's back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch Barnhart being there for 25 years is paying off for the Cats. But it just it feels so weird to be on the, the good side of things, the yeah. good fellow side of things, if you will. Yeah, but Kentucky uh, goes around. They're not on the good side in some other series. But, yeah, I, th- I think that was – we did get the Colin Goodfellow rule. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Missouri really snake-bitten by them. But for me, they're expecting their defense to be good. And then offensively, they're, they're having – he gave – you know, he it's Brady Cook's job, but he said he's going to have to earn it. It's not See, really – And that, not, that's the part. That, that quarterback position there, that's just – that smells. That's why that smells so stinky. Because there's a lot of things to buy into Missouri defensively. They've got pros on that defense. Luther Burden is what a stud. Javon Foster, I think, is the best left tackle in the SEC entering this season. There's plenty to like about them, but it's, can you get behind that quarterback? And he's bringing in offensive coordinator Kirby Morris to call plays one year in yeah. his career. It's just a lot of unknown for them, and a lot you're asking. To me, at least, you're asking for a lot of bounces to go the other way, and that, that uh, schedule. And they haven't been early. going right. <laughs> they, exactly. they have not he been. Hasn't had a winning record, and I guess this is year four for him. This will be year four. Yeah, in three years, he hadn't had a winning record. He, five and five, six and seven, six and seven. Not great, Bob. But what is great are shorts from our friends at Bird Dogs. I brought my Bird Dogs down, and it just it, it, it feels so comfortable. Actually, uh, Drew, why, why don't you come over here and be our Bird Dogs model, Drew Franklin, Bird Dogs model. So, uh, you all some water. Oh, there's some Kroger some water. Nice, oh, uh, Kroger oh, thank you. you. You're like our uh, Price is Right girl. But look at those uh, stylish shorts. Show oh, show off the butt. <laughs> little, uh, I don't know how to model shorts. Oh, there you go. Oh, beautiful, okay, stylish, go. comfortable. They're unlike any pair of shorts you've ever worn. Uh, visit birddogs.com slash KSR or use the promo code KSR at checkout. You're going to get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. I'm excited to wear my bird dog's pants. Look at it. I've tried them on. It, do not fit Adam Luckett's body well, bird dog pants. Oh, but here's the thing, though. You, we're, we just, we're old men, and we had, they're like for like people who are stylish. Can't confirm. 
So like we're 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 just making you stylish. So like that's all. It's not the fit. It's the style. You, you, you call it what you want. It just don't work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking but shorts are. I mean superb so, superb shorts. Bird dogs makes the, uh, the short the short enough. game. Yes. The the liner on the inside so comfortable. Multi purpose and you get older. Life's about multi purpose. Versatility. Versatility. Yeah. Everyday shorts. Uh, Five tool player. <laughs> Two way go. This, this ain't a uh, baseball podcast like it. It's a well, football. I, we, football. Can, we we can do it all. Um, I needed to mention our friends at Bird Dogs because they're great and. But, I. I I'm worried about the choice. I'm worried about the words I'm getting ready to say. So I had to say some nice things about bird dogs before I say some words that might get me into trouble. But I think Vandy might be good. <laughs> like, you're, you're going all in on A.J. Swan. If A.J. Swan is not good, Nick, it's there will be bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of similar to Missouri and where it's all about quarterback play. Um, and, and, and much more so for Vandy, it's the defense. Like just having – been, guys yeah, it's up been there, bad. yeah, right. yeah it, it, it has been bad, but man, I got deja vu all over again talking to these kids because it feels just like the Mark Stoops rebuild. Now it's with a lot less like big fancy words and like, like Clark Lee just doesn't talk like a real human. Like it's just the the words he strings together. It's such a Vanderbilt smarmy. I, I just I don't like it. However, however, the way that he's gone about it. Uh, he, he did the Barton Simmons recruiting model. Like Stoops did the Ohio thing, right? Like they're recruiting unconventional relative to places they've been to previously, that, uh, that, that at least the school they had recruited previously. Um, and they got the flashes in year two that they needed. And part of it is Kentucky's own damn fault. Like laying an egg and Rich Scangarello doing his dumbassery and Carrington Valentine. Like that whole game, I mean – that was the third longest losing streak in SEC history. They lost 26 straight league games dating back to 2019. And Ethan Barr, like just hearing him, the linebacker, linebacker talk about how – that was his first ever SEC win in college, and he's going to be a senior this year. I mean, just having that feeling and the way that he said it, there's, there's something that's very invaluable about a rebuild. I know they're doing the stadium renovation. That's important, just like it was important for Mark Stoops at Kroger Field. But learning how to win is a, yes. is a skill that mm -hmm. is – it can only be done through demonstrated practice. You can't do that just – I don't care how many situational drills you do. There are 60,000 people in a stadium in a hostile environment with crappy weather or whatever. Like, you have to learn how to win. Kentucky taught them that lesson. And then they went and they applied it against Florida the next week. Not a great Florida team, but they still beat Florida for only the second time in 30 years. So – I, th there's part of me that I, it, it, it could very well be like how Stoops was, where it was, you know, two win season, five wins, five wins, then the bowl. And that's their goal is to get to a bowl. I don't know if it's going to happen this year or not. But I do think that Clark Lee might, might have this figured out a little bit like it. Okay. Let me rebuttal this. Please. I have been a Clark Lee. I, I was a fan of that hire. And I've talked about the entire time how he's going to get it. There, he's going to make them competent in football. But with that said, I think it's very, very important to go back and look at those two wins. Who was driving that engine? Mike Wright, yeah. Ray Davis. 
Mike Wright's at Mississippi State. Ray Davis is at Kentucky. A.J. Swan flashed early and took that job from Mike Wright. Mm -hmm. Has higher ceiling as a passer. Long term, the plan with Swan is to let him be a three-year starter. And by the time he's a senior, he will hopefully for Vanderbilt would be a top five quarterback in the SEC. And when you have that, then you can maybe do some things. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Like, we're just – there's a lot of assuming going on that A.J. Swan's just going to be good. good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm That's just fair. not ready to get there. And I think they really lost a lot with Ray Davis and Mike Wright. I mean, we don't need to go on, but they ran for like 250 yards on Kentucky because of – because of those two. Yeah, yeah. Now, the the one thing that is, I say all this, and I hope everybody at UK is reading this, but Vanderbilt's going to go into that game and think they can win. Like, that, there's no it's doubt huge, in my mind. It's a low-key huge game in week four. Especially for them because it's a it's a tone-setting sort of deal, right? Like, they have some they bunnies to open the season. If they beat Wake in week three, they could be undefeated. Yeah, mm -hmm. they've got a lot. Then if they're undefeated, they're 5-1. and one. In their last six games, dating back to last year, yeah, they just they would have a lot of momentum. So that that's going to be a much more difficult game than nor, than expected. Um, when Kentucky fans make that trip to Nashville uh, in the fourth week of September, so if you're planning on going like that, I think there is going to be a little bit of tension uh, building to that. Mm -hmm. um, However, though, it's also going to be our first time where William Cohen really gets to take the gloves off and let Devin Leary do work. And I'm excited about that, which, um, you know, we're going to have – you're going to see the videos in a little bit because you're subscribed to the KSR YouTube channel, obviously. But there hasn't been a lot of Kentucky chatter. And, look it, I kind of like that. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Some, something, something about expectations do, just doesn't sit right with Mark Stoops' football team. We, <laughs> it just – Allergic to it? The rat poison? Yeah, I, I, I think it might, yeah, I think it might be reading their own headlines a little bit. They'll read their headlines when they're bad and they love it. Remember, remember when Benny, what do you light on fire? Remember he lit the like USA Today on fire? I can't remember that. Oh, come on. Do you, do you ever think you might be the problem for Kentucky football? Because you're writing the headlines. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> the reason why Kentucky football isn't winning enough games. So when Kentucky loses – just slide in Roush's DMs, hit uh, up his mentions. He's, please. He's the one at fault. Please blame me. I'll take all the – I'm like a quarterback. Uh, what do they say, Freddie? Take all the blame, none of the fame. Uh, uh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, too much blame, too much fame. Uh, I'm running – I have a lot of sayings, but, like, you hear all these coaches do their sayings, and now they're getting all jumbled up. And it's also – I feel like we've been in that hotel for hours. We have. Yeah. That's like, why you feel that way. Because <laughs> we actually have been in that hotel uh, for hours at the Grand Hyatt. A lot of construction going on down there. Uh, I don't think their uh, concert's going to happen tonight. Like it. You get a, well, yeah, it's outside, ain't it? Yeah, don't know if that's going to work or not. Um, all right, but um, – oh, speaking of all right, but uh, Zach Arnett, dude loves to say all right. Every, the end of every sentence is a, all right, then a period, almost. It was very weird when he was referring to Mississippi I can't State. Wait, as, I can't wait to read the – Oh, the transcript? Transcript. Because uh, the ASAP includes it all. Yeah. They don't clean it up a ton. But it was, it was very weird to hear him. He got asked a question, and we weren't in there a ton because we were, we were doing some uh, radio row talking um, during Zach Arnett's press conference. But to hear him, he was asked about recruiting and can you do it at Mississippi State, that yeah. sort of deal, which is a legitimate concern. And he said, well – they, they did it. He kept saying they to describe the good Dak Prescott teams. 
And it's just very much not a head coach. Like, head coaches don't talk like that. Yeah, you have to worry, I think, with Arnett. We got some really cool stuff coming to KSR's YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Like the post, rate them, whatever. Uh, that helps us. You do that, we get we can have more cool YouTube content like this, and we yes. can provide more stuff like like this trip. So please do that. But I'm really looking forward to Drew's 15 second uh, 15 seconds with each coach. Yeah, but Arnett. It's a Rick Pitino video. Back to Arnett, but that too. <laughs> back to Arnett. He he got this job like maybe. Too soon. A couple years yeah. too soon, yeah. potentially. It feels that way. And I don't think that's us being haters either. I, I really like Zach. Like, Clark Lee and Zach Arnett are two guys I've talked about glowingly on this podcast. for. A few I mean, we now. wanted his ass gone. We were like, yeah. please, somebody, somebody hire him away. Tired can't, I'm tired of this 3-3-5. Yeah. So, I just I, – I, so, I w- – just to put it out there, I – I, we didn't see the press conference because we were recording videos, but the, uh, so I'm interested to dig into that exactly. But it's just the offensive coordinator hire. I think you could make a case for, but it's gonna it's a huge transition. Yeah, he's inheriting a team with expectations. It's another App State offense. Those he, have done so well. He has eight. Ho- they have eight home games, but they're going to be a dog in a lot of them. And we've seen defensive first year head coaches, Nick struggle in yes, this league. Yes. Clark Lee, who you, we're both high on now. You finally joined my wagon. Yep, yep. Mark Stoops. Yep. You got uh, named Kirby Smart. Went eight and five. And Be- had a, even Bear Muschamp. Bear Muschamp. At South but Carolina. But Kirby Smart lost to Vanderbilt at home in his first season. <laughs> People forget that. Tennessee beat them with a Hail Mary. Yeah. They went to Ole Miss and got absolutely boat raced. It takes a while. It takes a while for these coaches. And that's why, like, it, I – I was I've, I've had this thought for a while, but I, I think I am like that's going to be that's going to be one I'm going to circle as a must win. Like go down to Starkville and get this stupid haven't won there since 2008 thing gone. I mean it's 15 years. It's a trap spot too because Kentucky's hot. Let's say they beat Tennessee and you got to go to you got to go to Starkville before hosting Alabama. And I mean that is a huge game and you just haven't won there. Do it. Make it happen. Because this cross-divisional game is going away. This might be your last chance for four more years. So, um, I, yeah, I, please, for the love of Pete, not Pete Golding and Ole Miss, just make it happen. Please, make it happen. Um, I'm tired of hearing cowbells and not following it up with okay. a win. We got a question here, Nick, from oh. Zach in the chat. Chances we get any comments from Stoops or Beamer about one another? Ooh. I don't think Stoops is doing that again. I'll be interested to see what Beamer does because he's always got to do something cool because yeah. he's Shane Beamer. Oh, God, what's he going to do? It's Thursday, so he's really going to have to. He's going to have to really strum it up to get people to care. Because... I'll be interested if if he doesn't do anything, is that a sign that maybe he doesn't feel great about his team? Oh, let's cook that one up because here's another little fun little tidbit of scoop. And it's not even really necessarily scoop other than just hearing South Carolina people talk about South Carolina. They are, they're talking about a five-win season, especially because of that offensive Worry, line. Well, on both sides of the line of scrimmage, I yeah. think. Their run defense was very bad last year. They lost Birch. They lost Jordan Birch. Yep. They lost Zach Pickens, who yep. was, I believe, a third-round pick of the Chicago Bears. And Jordan Birch is out at Oregon. 
Then on the offensive line, they're just in rough shape. Their offensive line, I wouldn't necessarily say was good last year, but they what they had, Nick, was about three to four guys that had just started for a long time. Their center, Eric Douglas, mm-hmm. John, guard Javon Gwynn. They were just – like, they spent multiple years with Eric Wolford at South Carolina. That's how long those guys have yeah. been around. Yeah. And so those guys, you got longtime starters gone. They lose perhaps their best offensive lineman, Jalen Nichols, in the spring game. Beamer won't confirm if he's going to be out for the year, but it sounds like like a major knee injury. Yeah. I believe now they've got a bunch of Eastern Washington. Uh, Yale. The Yale transfer might be their best Mercer. offensive lineman. Mercer. Mercer is uh, making Georgia, is that right? That's right. D2? I don't think they're FCS. They're FCS. They are. Bears. But either way, I mean, you just say that out loud. <laughs> the the so guys, you, their well, best offensive lineman might be a the, Yale transfer. The, we respect the Ivy League, but it's it's. I mean, come on. We don't get South Carolina here until Thursday. But do we remember like Dal Loggins? Do we remember Beamer's press conference there? I mean, what does he give them? I don't know, Gene. <laughs> did you do your research? Yeah, it's that that they're going to be a fascinating team, and we can talk about it more later on in the week. Uh, we're going to be live tomorrow night, right around this time, probably a little bit later, because Mark Stoops is last up at the podium. That's yes. going to be three thirty Eastern time, so he'll wrap around four. We'll be working for an hour or two before we can get Freddie Drew, Luck and I, back here for KSR Football Podcast. But we'll be recapping everything that happened. Um, it's Bama Day on top of what Mark Stoops says, and Bama Day always Billy brings Napier. out the Bama Bennies. Um, we'll have some Florida takes tomorrow. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot to discuss, um, and I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. We're here. We're mixing it up. Um, we're getting into a little bit of trouble, just a little. I, I, my voice, have you noticed the voice is just slowly cr- crawling back today? It was this morning. If you listen to my radio show, it was oh. – You were rough – First roll call, I was like Greg Brady when his voice cracked. Oh, that's a, that's you pulled that one. You like that reference from the reserve? That's that's like a Fred, Freddie knows that reference. Not too many other people do. Like that's that's a Nick at Night though. Yeah. Ooh, best Nick at Night show. Happy days. I like Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island. Gilligan, because like Gilligan, I, I, how do they not just kill that guy? You know, like if I'm staying on the island with that guy. Just, he's getting murdered. We're eating him. Shane Bieber is the Gilligan of SEC football players. <laughs> and we've come full circle. Feels like a good spot to end it. Yeah, I think. And Sign so, it off after that. So, big shout out to our friends at Kroger, Bird Dogs, Promo Code KSR, and Monticello Bank. Go NBC, mobile app, NBCBank.com. Thank you all so much for following along with us. We're going to have much more throughout our week here in Nashville. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Kroger.